Hey friends, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. We believe that you were made for God's mission. We encourage you to check out our website, highlandcc.org, where you can learn more about what you are called to in Christ Jesus. Let's hear a message today that we hope will challenge, encourage you, and ultimately help you to grow and identify your purpose in the plan of God. Today, church, when we turn to God's Word, we're going to hear from Dr. Jim Martin. Jim is a longtime friend and mentor to me who regularly encourages me in my ministry here. He's also the vice president at Harding School of Theology, which is an incredible local school that trains missionaries and ministers to go all over the world doing God's kingdom work. Not only that, he was a minister himself for many years, most notably in God's great state of Texas, where he preached for over 20 years in Waco. So he's basically best friends with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Hey, I hope that you will welcome Jim today and that you'll be blessed by his words. Well, good morning, everybody. And good morning to all of you who are watching online. Welcome you to this gathering. Before I forget to tell you, turn to Psalm 73, if you would. Psalm 73. Well, sometimes, sometimes, life can be very hard. And sometimes, life can be very hard to understand. Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel. To those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imagination have no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice, with arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? Look at this next line. This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. So, I grew up in southeast Dallas, over on Alhambra Street, where all of the houses look the same. They're all small, red, they're all brick uh, homes, small, just kind of different shades of red. And every Sunday morning, we would, my brother, sister, and I, and mother and dad would get in his car, back out of the driveway, and make our way to the, to the Pleasant Grove Church of Christ. 
Um, it was about 25 minutes before Bible class. Kind of had all that, you know, timed and all. We'd wait a few hours, come back, wait a few hours, and then we'd do that again on, on the Sunday night. And, and then uh, Wednesday night, we, we would do that again, different clothes, but we would, we, would, we would wear, but then we would do that again. And there wasn't a discussion. No, no one said, are we doing this or not? That, that this is who we were, this is what we did. But there was a Sunday morning. And I, I don't know how old I am, maybe fourth or fifth, I don't know, grade. There was a Sunday morning when I just started, it seems like I was becoming more aware of some things. The neighbors were backing a boat out of their driveway. Right there on Sunday morning, 25 minutes before Bible class. Backing the boat out of the driveway into the street. We, we couldn't go past them. We stopped. As an author I admire said a long time ago, you couldn't have got a Christian car down that street if you had to. And we couldn't get down the street. We're waiting on the neighbors to back up the boat. And I'm thinking, they're going to the lake. Probably Lake Ray Hubbard, not that far away. I just kind of thought about that. We went, we went on. Seemed like it was wasn't a few weeks later that coming out the doors, I looked over to the right, two houses down. There was our neighbor, Cadillac Convertible, only one I knew on the street that had the Cadillac, but it was convertible, top already down. He had golf clubs standing in the back seat. Had that big cigar smoke coming up in the air. He's making his way to it. I thought, he's going to play golf. Going to go to Tennyson Golf Course and play golf. Now, see, I'm trying to figure all this out because in my head, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of bad things are going to start happening to these people. Backing the boats out and low, uh, convertibles with the golf clubs and right there in the Sunday morning, Christian cars can't get down the street. Uh, bad things are going to happen. You know what happened to some of those, uh, at least one of those neighbors? He made more and more money. He was, to use the words, amassing wealth. I started wondering about all of this. How does this work? How does it work where it seems like, it just seems like that sometimes bad things are happening to good people? Because I was coming to church and we were praying for, in these words, the sick and afflicted. This writer says, I didn't understand it either. In fact, he says, my feet had almost slipped. Anybody ever been close to just giving up? My feet had almost slipped. He said, I looked around and it seemed like everybody wicked was doing well. And that doesn't seem right. Verse 13, 
Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. What's the use? Well, I lived a little bit long, you know, as I've continued to live. It didn't take very long before I realized there are all kinds of problems that good people have. Some of us deal with, with relationship issues, family issues, and, and those, those relationship family issues can range from the irritating to the hostile. Y'all know irritating family issues? It's where your family is going to have a gathering and your old cousin's coming again. The one that reads everything on the internet and is an expert at everything. And we're going to have to listen now to what he learned on the internet about building your own car wash. Really? It's just kind of like a gnat. You know, you just... Just irritating. There, there are some situations like that. They're just irritating. Or it's that sister-in-law. Every time you try to tell a story, she's going to top you one. You, you try to tr tell about your sweet vacation. It was so much fun. And then she comes along. Well, that's nothing. You should have you gone to the hotel we went to. Why? And there went your story. We can laugh about those little, especially if it's somebody else's family. We, we can laugh about those little irritants. Then there are situations that are just hostile. My goodness. You come to church and it's just so discouraging at home. You think, my Lance, how, you know, husbands and wives barely speaking to one another. Kids and parents not getting along, parents and kids not getting along, doesn't matter what age they are, they've got the capacity for not getting along. And then there are some of us, we deal with disappointments of being passed over when we thought we were going to get a promotion. There are some of us that we went to the doctor, and we, that's the last thing I thought I was going to be told when I made that, kept that appointment. And then there are some of us that have faced tragedy. And life is just different now. We were in uh, that Pleasant Grove church building. And we were, we, were, we were walking through the educational wing, you know, the one that was added on later. Walking through the educational wing, my mama, myself, my brother, Ahead of us was that little girl in our church. She had braces up and down her legs, and she walked on the crutches, and she never looked very stably on the crutches. Had a couple of boys in front of her, and uh, we're all headed toward the doors to, to leave the building, and they open, the boys open the glass doors, and they start laughing, and they're, gonna, they're getting ready to run, and they let the door slam into that little girl who is right behind them. She's probably fifth, sixth grade. I never heard my mama say all that much at church. That morning, she just went, Whoa, those boys. Some of us feel like that. I've already dealt with this and that. And now I'm getting another door slammed in my face. 
What do I do with all this? Surely in vain. Verse 13, I have kept my heart pure. What is the use? In Texas, we'd say, what's the stinking use? What's the use? All day long, I've been afflicted. Verse 14, every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. till I entered the sanctuary of God. And then, and then I understood their final destiny. I entered the sanctuary of God and then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. Notice the play on words, verse 18 and verse 2. He, his feet had almost slipped. Now he's saying, you've actually placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. Everybody hear this. He says that when I went into the sanctuary, when I went into the presence of God, I came away with a different point of view. I had only been seeing life from my vantage point. I'd only been seeing life from the vantage point as to how things ought to be and how things seem to me. But when I began to look at life through the eyes of the living God, I, I realized there's more to this. Now, beginning with verse 23, he says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. He's going to talk to us about, I've identified four gifts that he gives all of us for just dealing with life. Four gifts. It's going to almost sound like this is two separate sermons, but, but really, he's just, he says in the beginning, he just describes what so many of us feel at times. I sure have, and maybe I'm the only one in here, I don't know. But I, I, I identify with these opening words in Psalm 73. But he meets the Lord, and he comes away knowing that God has given all of us what I'm, what I'm calling gifts. In a moment, we'll close. We'll go home. We'll go somewhere to eat. We'll do something. He is giving us today four gifts to start Monday with. And I want to tell you that you can take the next step you need to take in your life with these gifts. Number one, the gift of security. The gift of security. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. The gift of security. Sometimes our kids go to school 
And they, they just get reminded that in some way they just don't measure up. I tried my hardest. I thought I was going to get an A. I came away with a B. I wanted to play a sport. I thought I was going to be a starter. I'm on second string. On and on and on. Adults are the same way. We go to work. We think people will notice how hard we work and what we have to offer. And we get passed over. Security. Let me tell you, do you know that in the Lord, you do not have to prove anything for your own security? You don't have to be attractive enough, wealthy enough. You don't have to have the right address. You don't even have to, you don't have to go to Facebook and Instagram and look through all of those pictures where, you know, everybody is, it, it, all those things happen within a split second. And we're taking pictures and, and very often it's when we're at our best. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, wow, how come I don't have a life like that? Our security is found in the Lord. In the Lord. And I know I'm okay, not because I've given myself a great pep talk this morning. It is because of what he has given me. Number two, the gift of direction. Do y'all talk to people without bodies? Siri and Alexa. And we'll be at home, Charlotte and I at home, you know, we'll be at home and all of a sudden I'll hear her start talking to someone. And it's Alexa in a machine and she's answering back and they're, or we'll be driving somewhere and the phone is in and the address is in and this voice is saying, turn right, turn left, do this, do that. Not long ago, going to some restaurant or something, and it's taking us down some neighborhood. I can't imagine why we would be going down that neighborhood, through that neighborhood. I don't know. You know, sometimes you, you're not quite sure what you ought to do. With the direction you get from God, you can always know it's right. When you open your Bible and you pray for guidance, you can know it's right. Direction. You ever felt like you've lost your way? Well, I've talked to a lot of people who have said those very words. And in the Lord, He's given us this gift so that we know what direction to go. Look at the next one. Third gift. The gift of destiny. The gift of destiny. Afterward, you will take me into glory, Psalm 73. Two. What is that? It's 24. The gift of destiny. See, I, I don't have to live hoping that I'll be a success or that somebody will recognize that, that uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Noah. I don't have to do that. Our destiny is secure in the Lord. And finally, God gives us strength. God gives us strength. Strength. 
was in the house one time. I think I was probably seven or eight. And I could hear my, my mama in another part of the house. We had kind of interacted a little bit earlier. And I heard her in another part of the house say something like this, Oh, Lord, give me strength. <laughs> I didn't know that she was praying a prayer for strength. She was. God gives us strength. God gives us strength. God gives you, God gives me the strength I need. Let me tell you, there will never, ever, everybody hear this. There will ever, never, never be anything, anything to happen to you that is beyond the strength of God to get you through this. He does not say in Psalm 73, oh, it's all good. He doesn't say that. In Psalm 73, he does not say, oh, it'll all work out. He does not say that. All of that pain and all of that mess in the first part of that psalm is real. That is life. That is, that is what you and I have actually experienced. But on the other hand, we're not on our own. And God will give me the strength to get through that. I want to ask you to look to uh, verse 28. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all your deeds. Lots of us in here know what it is to be anxious. I sure do. Some of us know what it is to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pace the floor. Even right now, I can, I can just remember this kitchen floor that went into our dining room there outside of Waco where we lived for 20 years. And I can remember 3 o'clock in the morning pacing that floor up and down and praying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What am I supposed to do with my kids, what am I supposed to do with my mother and daddy? What am I supposed to do with this church? What am I supposed to do with this mess? What do I do? People of God come together on a Sunday morning like this. And we got, we've got all of our, our stuff, and it's on our minds. But God reminds us, I have given you gifts. The gift of security. The gift of direction. The gift of destiny. The gift of strength. And your life, your life may be pretty hard, but you're not on your own. Do we believe that? 
Oh, I want to believe that more and more. In the morning, the Lord willing, will awaken to a new day. And for some of you, you're going to have that thing in front of you. That thing that you need to say or do, or that problem that you need to address, or you'll go to that meeting that makes you so nervous to even think about it right now. Our good news, our good news is that if you're in the Lord, you've got what it takes. He has given us all that we need to take just the next step. And we can do that in the morning. Just take the next step. Let's partake of the Lord's Supper together. I want to pray and invite you to, as you partake of the bread and then the fruit of the vine, to think about the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus and thank God that the living Christ is with you and will never leave you or forsake you, and that this God is your strength. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, just so mindful of people here in this room for whom life is just very hard right now. And, O oh Lord, in our strength, we do not have the strength to do this. But we bear witness this morning, O oh Lord, To one another as we partake of the bread and the cup that we believe that you have raised your son from the dead and that he reigns as Lord and that he will sustain us through the rest of this day and through tomorrow as we take that next step. May, O oh Lord, we continue to believe and trust in you when we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.